not this way, show. Show? Listen to me! You don't know what is coming! Dragons in March, ooh, scary. Good everybody, it's Warwick. Unfortunately, the record didn't go swimmingly. I've just sort of listened to the audio and I'm a little bit out there in the background and Coxman's a little bit clearer, obviously, given he was in the studio, just one of those days where it, sometimes it doesn't work properly. Um, bear with us, it's worth listening to. It's just gonna, not gonna sound fantastic. So apologies, uh, I'll rectify for the next one. Cheers, enjoy the show. G'day everybody, welcome to episode 184 of Not The Footy Show. It's Warwick Nicholson in one seat and over there in the Camden studios of Not The Footy Show. It's the, uh, oh, I don't even know how to say it. It's the unbeaten Mr. Red V himself, Mr. Rob Cobb. Yes, Warwick, here I am from the Southwest uh, studio of Sydney, and it's uh, winners are grinners, mate, and uh, the dragons are breathing fire. It's great. Mate, they are on not even fire. I mean, they're, they're liquid hot magma right now. Liquid hot magma. You knocked off Broncos. You yeah. knocked off Cronulla. Yeah. You knocked off the powerhouse Titans. Mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, you know, for the first pot of the year, of the start of the season, nothing much has changed in rugby league. I mean, Dragons winning in March, given. Broncos on Channel 9, given. And there's multiple teams in crisis three games into a 24-game season. But there's something else that's really consistent, Cocksmith, and that is that nobody in Sydney wants to go to the football. 12,500 yep. people to the Sydney doubleheader on Saturday night. Mm. What is going on? Oh. Okay, just to clarify, I got the number of 12,500 off NRL.com on the Souths game. Apparently, if you put the two numbers together, you get 25,000. <sighs> Still, next to nobody there, and all members. Mate, they're talking about uh, possibly next year having this, uh, this mega round or the magic round or whatever it's called. They've got to have it in Brisbane. Um, they cannot possibly have it in Sydney because we just don't show up to football games. It's, uh, I hate to say that. I'm a, you know, I'm a very parochial New South Welshman, but uh, uh, we are pathetic when it comes to showing up to, uh, to rugby league uh, games. That, that was... I, I didn't watch either of the games. I was out Saturday night, and evidently so was the rest of Sydney. 12,500 people. The scary thing about this number is that the pre-sale must have been abhorrent no because the only people that went to this game are members yeah don't like, forget the easter show is on next door too but that's the that's the reason it would have been scheduled yeah the whole reason that the nrl would have scheduled it for that time was so they could take advantage of people coming from the easter show either mm. at the first game or the second game maybe no one was running around with the free tickets handing them out in the easter show but why wouldn't you just like put them in every single show bag yeah. it's Yep. I mean, it's not even... And the funny thing is, that's not even the worst scheduling um, event of round number three. You know what the worst scheduling event of round three is, Coxsmith? No, hit me. <laughs> scheduling the grand final replay between Melbourne and North Queensland, oh. yeah. uh, about 50 metres from the opening game of the AFL season involving Richmond and Carlton, the two geographical uh, teams next to the MCG. Mm. Absolutely ridiculous. Mm. No one was there. Good move from the uh, executives that wanted to go to the F1, but uh, basically... <laughs> 
that is quite frankly the worst scheduling I think I've ever seen in rugby league in at least the last 10 years. You cannot go head-to-head with the AFL with a game that should be your marquee game in Melbourne the whole season. Yeah, it needs to be thought out a bit better, I would suggest. Yeah, I mean, you just wonder if they knew when the AFL started. (laughs) Anyway, there's the opening of the uh, episode 184. Same old, same old, unfortunately. We'll get into some... uh, some new developments, actually, in the refereeing ranks after the break here on Not The Footy Show. Not The Footy Show. With liquid hot magma. Liquid hot magma. 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 Liquid hot magma. Okay, we're back. And that first segment, as scripted as it was, Cocksmith, I think we got the point across. Sydney hates rugby league, and rugby league sometimes hates itself. Mm. Speaking of that, referees, mate, uh, everyone wants to bash them. And uh, say, you know, you're calling too many penalties. And yet, you know, six months ago, we're hearing, oh, you should call more penalties. They can't win. But what they've done of late in these first three rounds, do you agree with the penalty-a-thon that is going on in rugby league right now? Well, I think it's a penalty-a-thon that had to happen because, it, you know, like we, we do uh, as a whole, the rugby league community, wonder why certain things aren't getting pinged and I mean the only problem they've got at the moment is the consistency which is always that magic word but I like what they're doing in in nitpicking I like yep. that they're, they're refereeing hard and I think that either one or two things will happen and that is um, you know the referees will give up on it or the teams will just have to the players will just have to toe the line and and uh, you know stop stop doing the things that um, get them in trouble. In saying that, there was a howler the other night from Ashley Klein. Um, mm-hmm. We know that. It's been well documented. It was a mistake. Um, uh, you know, uh, and I've got a few theories, or not a few theories, maybe a few possible remedies for that, as does every Johnny on the street uh, who wants to tell you what we should do to fix the game. But um, I think uh, something needs to happen around that golden point scenario because... Um, when referees don't blow the whistle, they're they're uh, in trouble. And when they do, like Ashley Klein did the other night, um, they're in trouble. So it's not yeah. it's not great to have the referees under that amount of pressure. Um, I know that we all think that the referees should be able to handle it because they're superhumans and they don't make mistakes <laughs> apparently, but they feel the pressure just as much, mate. And I'll tell you what, to the clown that chased Ashley Klein through the car park at um, yeah, at, what happened here? What at do you Campbelltown know? Stadium, I was there. I was there. The guy's an the guy's a clear. Hat, mate. It wasn't you. <laughs> he was an hat. He was a he was about three foot five, a little turd, full of beer and bravery, and decided he was going to pick on a on a referee um, who was just doing his job. You know, I mean, Brendan Clark, what were you doing at Campbelltown, mate? Anyway, <laughs> 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 sorry, Amco Cup Group joke, everybody. I, I thought about it. Well, that goes for the keeper. I can't do that. Mm. Yeah, so he's followed quite through yeah, the Yeah, and the security guards didn't do much. They, they thought it was quite amusing, I think. But he got right up to the side of, of Ashley Klein's car. So he got a good look at Klein's car and probably got the number plate. Um, but we don't need that. I mean, the game's over. The game's done. We don't live in a society where, where you know, if you make enough noise, the NRL will turn a decision around. It doesn't happen. You know, just suck it up and... and just take it on the chin. I mean, it, it's it's okay. The guy made a mistake. Um, you know, mate. I, every now and then at at my son's junior um, rugby league team, you know, I, I help coach yep. them. Sometimes I'll run with them as a, as a referee, and it's not an easy job. And they're under under elevens. Yeah. You know, 
Imagine what it's like in the middle of a field at NRL level with blokes intimidating you, the crowd's intimidating you. Um, it's it's a tough job, mate, and it's thankless. And, and I, I, I do think that Ashley Klein messed up. I know he did. Uh, he knows he did. But you know, why chase a bloke through the car park? Seriously. It's disgusting. Disgusting. As you say, the, the golden point element amplified it a little bit. But two areas they seem to be cracking down on are arguably the two areas that are the easiest to police. And that is playing the ball correctly, which has been on the cards for three or four years and it'll last for about a weekend. The papers blow up, the coaches blow up and it disappears. Well, they've been relatively consistent there. They're pinging guys for not playing the ball properly. But the other one is the inside the tent. It's moving off the line too fast. And the other night, Cameron Smith got done multiple times and... I don't know about you, but it was unbelievably refreshing to see the look on Cameron Smith's face. Like, seriously, you haven't done me, you haven't, you haven't called me for that for fourteen years, and you're calling for me now. Yeah, like, I, that is a that is a fantastic sign because hmm. the only way, and in the press conference afterwards, Bellamy mentioned he goes, "Well, they've done it for three weeks. I guess they're going to keep doing it." Hmm. If you've made an impact like that, A, getting Cameron Smith to take you seriously, which is, you know, in and of itself amazing when it comes to referees. Yeah. But Craig Bellamy to say the same thing. Yeah. Now, of all the teams that are going to push this to the nth degree, it's going to be Melbourne. Let's not, you know, pretend any other way. Yeah, That's sure. They are built and they will, and good luck to them. They get away with it and other teams, quite frankly, should be doing it more mm. if they want to get play on the same playing field. But we can't just say because there's been heaps of penalties that the referees have done a poor job. And that's the bit that I really struggle with with the Joey Johns and the way that he's sort of gone about things. I'm not disagreeing, pardon me, with Johns in saying there's too many penalties in that, you know, yeah, we'd prefer there not to be more penalties. But to get the game back to where it probably needs to be, yeah, for the next half dozen weeks or the next 20 weeks, we probably need to see three or four extra penalties a game to get the message through because... What we don't want to see happen above all things in this crackdown from referees is that for 26 weeks we do it to this um, level and then we get to the finals and you know what we do? No, we, we put the whistle in our back pocket. No, because we, we go, oh, we don't want to call it. Like, if no. that is the way it is, yeah. you can pretty much hand the competition to two teams. Yeah. One of them will be Melbourne and I'll tell you who the other team is in about six weeks when we look at the table after about eight. Uh, listen, before we go any further, though, I do have... I think I've got a remedy for this golden point thing. Oh, no, I think either don't have golden point, and let's just be happy with a draw, but I think I think a couple of things need to come in if we're going to continue with the golden point scenario, and it won't be this year, but I think going into the future, um, I think it either needs to become a golden try so that the bunker can look at things leading up to those tries. In saying that, that's not my favourite one. My favourite one would be if they're going to stick with Golden Point. I think it should be a player drop-off system, one a minute from each okay. team leaves the field. Um, you know, I, I, I just I just don't like. I hate seeing teams that have busted their bums for eighty minutes, and you know it's five all seven all whatever the score is seven all i think it was at the end of that game and then a team loses a team has to go home as a loser you know i mean we talk about player welfare and and all that kind of stuff you know when when it's hot but 
that extra ten minutes can take a lot out of players. Um, yep. And and I, I'm I'm happy to see a I'm really happy to see a draw. Um, so, you know, I, I think it needs to be fine tuned a little bit. But at the same time, I'd be happy if they just got rid of it altogether. I'm not sure that's going to happen in regards to the player coming off thing. And the reason I say that is that policing that to the letter of even if it's a alternate sets or whatever is just going to be next to impossible. Yeah. Teams will leave players out there, but if they're on their own line and the bell ticks over three minutes gone, they say, go oh, take a player off. There's just no way. It's not going to happen. Um, and the referees are going to be in court in that no man's mm. land of, do we penalise them for time wasting? Do we give them a chance? It's just the only I thing I know what you're saying. Logistically, can, this doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that can, can conceivably happen and it will require the NRL slash rules committee or whatever to make one of the more bolder decisions when it comes to um, the core rules of the game. And the core rules of the game are if you win the match, you get two competition points. If you draw the match, you get one competition point. If you lose the match, you get zero competition points. The only thing I can see ever being instigated outside of what you're saying with a golden try, which I, I still just have a feeling they won't keep going with. I don't know why I just have that gut feel, is 80 minutes happen and it's 7-7 like it was on Friday night. Tigers get a point. Broncos get a point. And if they want to play the rest of the 10 minutes in golden point or whatever it is, the winner gets one extra point. The, the yeah. core issue here is, as you say, one team puts 10 extra minutes in and they walk away with absolutely nothing. Yeah. That's the only conceivable solution I can see, and that requires the powers to, that be to fundamentally change the point allocation mm. that has been around for a hundred and something years. Yep. That I think is the only reason they haven't done it. That might be fanciful talk from my end, but sometimes it's those kind of things that they just fear. Oh, we can't mess with the fabric of the game. Mm. Yeah, we can if it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also went from three points for a try to four points for a try. Mm. We also we went had, from one referee we had, to two. We had unlimited tackles down to six. Yeah. I mean, you can do this NRL, and it's not going to make everyone happy. And I mean, that bloke, that, that three-foot four Tasmanian with the flared pants who ran after uh, Ashley Klein the other night, mm. I mean, he won't be happy if his team had lost, even if they got a point. Yeah. You're not going to satisfy him, but the wider rugby league community will go, you know what? Probably on the scheme of things, the Broncos probably were slightly better than the Tigers on Friday night. Yeah, they and they got their their penalty their um, penalty goal for the guy being offside or whoever is it, Marcus. Good luck to them. But hey, the Tigers got a point out of that because they were able to um, get the game to. Oh, even yeah, I think that'd be easier to take. You know, that'd be easier yeah. to take as a fan. But anyway, it's not what it is this year. And um, no, that's and... not. Well, hey. They have made changes like this in the past. No, that won't happen. But obviously, Not next year, year and the years years beyond. It will. One thing I will say for sure is that TV loves Golden Point. It ain't going anywhere. Mm. So, in short, I think we both agree that what they're doing from a penalty uh, uh, application form is the right decision. Yeah. I do have a little story to tell uh, the listeners if you haven't been following on my uh, Twitter page, which has gone nuts of late. I mean, I've done two posts in a week, and it's just. Oh, I mean, I've Ooh. had like. Seven retweets. I mean, wow. life's just tremendous. Anyway, well, I, I woke up on, I think it was Saturday, and my brother had been down in Melbourne for a conference, and um, he messages me a photo. I look at it, and underneath it, it says, look who's on my flight. He's on the same flight as uh, Matt Checken and the uh, referees from, from the game in Melbourne. Mm. I look at it. 
and I noticed that he's in the row in front of them. And um, he comes back and he, he messages the next line. He said, yeah, I sat down in the row in front of them and got penalised. <laughs> well, that's, that's not bad, Russ. That's pretty good pretty good material. So I reworked it myself, and obviously uh, I put it up on a, a few places. But then someone also mentioned, they said, um, you know, when you, you know, when the, you land and you're taxiing towards the, um, the, the terminal uh, and the, the, everyone's waiting for the uh, seatbelt sign to go off? Yeah. I did wonder if he got up before the seatbelt sign went off and got penalised again. I mean, it's it's fair enough uh, questions that are being asked of Matt Checkin because I think he did have the whistle in his mouth and the photo. I can't confirm or deny that. But very interesting that um, the truth of that story, as much as I just um, embellished a little bit, is that <laughs> brother's sitting there and he's looking over the people in front and, like, as you're waiting for the plane to take off and someone was on their phone, on the computer, messaging someone. And I, I kid you not, and I'm going to bring it up now. So just think about bunch yourselves for two seconds, everybody. And this is quote, quote material, all right? My brother has looked over the shoulder of this lady. And she's basically written, a para-NRL player just dropped a bottle on my head. It was the referee. He dropped a water bottle on her head. Oh, so. And she wrote, a para-NRL player just dropped a bottle on my head. Wow. So you wonder why stories get out of hand because she had no idea that he actually wasn't from Parramatta. Mm. He was in a blue shirt with yeah. a um, with, with uh, gold trim and she called him a Parramatta. So yeah. Chinese whispers, put, mate. <laughs> just puts a bit of perspective on it all. Mm. Uh, we'll have some more rugby league talk and uh, less uh, poor jokes from me after the break. Did you get that um, text that I sent you? <laughs> yeah, one of those discussions today was, um, you know, he should have had, he should have had a cuttlefish shell. In his, uh, <laughs> yes. that, that would have done tremendous. It would have just like his pants, yeah. you know, like just tape it on the outside. Yeah. All right. Or a, or a pocket full of sugar. Not the footy show. Fidelity off the hat this time. They're cutting holes in them everywhere. Hunt with a kick over the top. His half partner's chasing it. Winner! All right, it's time to talk about your Dragons, Cocksmith. Three and zero with a yep. bullet, mm-hmm. hundred and eight points after three rounds, only thirty six points against. Is it two thousand and seventeen all over again? Probably, probably. <laughs> I mean, look at who they've played. Okay, yeah, they beat Brisbane. Um, yep. I don't really rate Brisbane very highly this year. I'll I mean, the Brisbane couldn't even put a try on West Tigers. Um, yep. So. Uh, who have they beaten? They've beaten Brisbane. They've beaten the Titans, who who um, they lapped by fifty four to eight. And in the first round, they beat who? No, the second round, second they round. beat the Sharks. The Sharks at Cronulla. The Sharks are always wobbly at the start of the year. They're never quite there, you know. So I'm not going to go off too early, mate. Um, but I um, I'm happy for the boys to win a few. You know what I mean? Keeps Mary in a job. Oh, hopefully, boys. I tell you what, you've uh, you know in, in past episodes of this yeah. show, I'm sure everyone remembers how you know Cocksmith would just say, you know, I've got a soft spot for the Dragons, but you know, I'm mm. you know I'm just a, I'm a purist, I'm a rugby league fan, yeah. and now you're calling them the boys. I mean, well, you know, like I mean, I'm I'm not going to drop names or anything, but uh, Gareth and I we get on quite well, and um, and Vaughny, you know, I mean, <laughs> what a top fella he is. Um, yeah, what a great move by Canberra to get rid of him. 
Yeah, good um, move. Thanks, Rick. Um, but no, it's uh, I'm happy for the boys to be um, to be winning a couple, mate. And like I was about to say before, hopefully Mary will sign another um, contract before June rolls around and uh, uh, cash in again. So, uh, well played. Yeah. Uh, no, look, they are playing good football. Uh, mm. The other day was fun to watch, but the story of that game wasn't how good St. George Illawarra were. It was how quickly the Titans gave up once they, mm. they got behind. That was... yeah. It's actually scary, to be perfectly honest Can, with you. I didn't watch that game, but did you watch at all, or just something? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. Okay. Did Cartwright play? Uh, he was there. He he fell on a few tackles. Was he on uh, the field? He was on the field. Uh, okay. Full disclosure, he's in one of my fantasy teams <laughs> uh, at his other competition that Cocksmith told me not to draft him, but I drafted him anyway. Yeah. Um, he'll come good. He'll come good. Um, he just I don't needs think he to will. actually go looking for the ball. That would be my biggest tip. Uh, a lot of hanging around the ruck. Um, and the pass going across his face. I think he's uh, gone, mate. I think he's gone. You're calling, calling that. But the Dragons, they're not gone. They are playing yep. fantastic rugby league for what mm-hmm. is three weeks of the season. The other team, though, that everybody has sort of not been paying enough attention to because everyone loves talking about the Dragons, and that's the Warriors. Mm. 3 0. Yeah. They've yep. beaten the Titans, they've beaten the Raiders, and they beat uh, the Bunnies. Not exactly powerhouse teams that they've knocked over mm-hmm. but this has been the big criticism of the Warriors in the past is that you know they might get up for the odd big game and, and give everybody hope then they drop the game to um, I don't know uh, the Tigers in Auckland a week later Yeah. at the moment they've knocked off three teams that they you know should beat mm-hmm. if they play their best football and they're 3-0 and and what I love about this is the crowd they got in round two against the Titans um, at Mount Smart They've got a double header coming up, um, which I didn't even know existed. There's there's actually two regular league games at Mount Smart in like a couple of weeks. Wow! Uh, did you know that? No, didn't know. It. <laughs> no, not at <laughs> all. <laughs> I hardly <laughs> knew about the double header this week. Yeah, well, we've already sort of covered off that yeah. amazing marketing exercise. Mm. Um, but yeah, the Warriors. What I love about it is that New Zealand as a whole, and they're not the New Zealand Warriors, they're just the Warriors, just for the 85 billion yep. time. Yep. But they they want to get behind this team. Mm. And as much as a late season run is good and everything, if I'm the staff there at the Warriors, I'm doing handstands because early season wins mm. in an environment like New Zealand, yep. they they could be on the board for these boys for the rest of the year, and that is huge. Yeah. you got Sean Johnson, who is just... Marketing gold. You got two of us who's not too far behind him. If they start the year and they get through the first ten games and they're like six and four or seven and three, they're going to be a team that is really interesting to watch from a supporter's point of view because I want to see New Zealand be a stronger, stronger unit than they have been for years. And you start the year three and zero. Good luck to you. Two other teams we've got to talk about, Cocksmith, because we're not going to go through every single side. Everybody, yeah. we're conscious of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tigers and Knights. Now, Tigers started 2-0. The Knights started 2-0. They both got knocked off yeah. this last week. How encouraged are you about their long-term perspective, their long-term chances? Yeah. And when I say chances, I don't mean top eight. I just mean you know being a better team than they were last year. Yeah. Does either, either side encourage you more? Well, I think I think the Tigers will definitely be a better side. As They'll both be better sides. But the, the Tigers' biggest problem at the moment is they can't score any points. All right, yep. they've scored. Uh, what have they scored? About twenty-three or twenty-four points. points. Yeah, in three they've rounds. Twenty-five. Yeah, mate, they can't 25. score points. That's yep. their problem. 
they don't have a halfback that can actually Luke Brooks. I don't rate him at all. I'm sorry, Luke, yep. but you're not doing much, mate. Um, he looks very pretty, good looking bloke, but um, they need they need, they need a, someone like a Cleary or, a, or maybe Josh Reynolds will make a bit of the difference in there. I'm not too sure. He'll be, he'll be playing as Booker. I've told you that a thousand times. I, I told you that and before Marshall. the season started. Mate. Oh please, I told you that when he signed, mate. I said, he came into great as a hooker. Were you at the game? No. Yeah, I was in Melbourne watching on TV. No, you weren't. Um, there you go. <laughs> he didn't expect me to pull out. Actually, that I don't think he did come into grade as a hooker, but I saw him play New South Wales Cup as a yeah, hooker. No, I don't know. Oh, he's that's where he's ending up. Because um, Benji Marshall it makes that team better by being on the field. It's just as simple as that. Yeah. Uh, Maybe Luke Brooks yeah. will make a nine. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Go on. Um, but the Knights and the Tigers just just enjoy it if you're their yeah. supporter. Yeah. We saw them get out. Knights got out class on uh, Sunday night. Uh, Tigers. I wouldn't say they were outclassed by Brisbane because Brisbane were pretty average. Yeah. But Brisbane found a way to win. Mm. In it, the way you want to talk about it. But hey, enjoy what you've got, Tigers and Knights fans, while you can. I've got a feeling there'll be some, some dark months ahead. But, you know, enjoy these periods where your team is more than competitive. Speaking of not being competitive, let's get to the last three teams on this list on the table, Cocksmith. Mm. Start with the Titans. We've kind of touched on them in the. You know, they, they fell over and... Well, they, they've, they've got a shining light, though. They've got Ash Taylor. So yeah. uh, I, I think he will make a bit of difference to the team going forward. Um, I, I I really don't rate their forwards. I don't rate Bryce Cartwright. Uh, they're bottom four. Yeah. They'll, have, they'll play a couple of games this year where you'll go, they're a fun team to watch. Mm. But they weren't a fun team to watch against the Dragons. Yeah. Uh, but we go to the two teams that haven't got a win. And all I will say is thank you, Parramatta, because you're slightly more inept than the Raiders. In fact, <laughs> they are massively more inept than the Raiders. Mm. If I told you three weeks ago that in three weeks' time, the Parramatta Eels would have zero wins from three games, you'd go, no, yeah, I could see it. They've played, played some decent teams. But then if I told you they had 18 points four in three games and they had conceded 92, there was just no way you would believe me. There's just, just, It's not remotely possible do you think they are a minus 74 after three weeks of the premiership oh well i had them in my top four so she goes to yeah. show you what what i know before the start of a season but um i have i you know during the off season as you know with our private conversations i've long held a fear um of uh certain new new playing group members uh, I, I see that Mitchell Moses has returned to his um, petulant child best, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I was starting to rate him, but uh, I've dropped <laughs> you, you off. You had your chance, Mitchell. <laughs> I've dropped him like a hot spud at the moment. Uh, and they, they, mate, they're just struggling. They're just really struggling. They'll, they'll win some games this year, but I, I don't know if they'll be top four, and I, I really don't even know if they'll be top eight. They, they'd re- really want to get a hustle on if they're going to be top eight. They remind me a lot of Penrith last year. Mm. They were the hot, hot things. Uh, you know, get on them, get on them, get on them, and then they just started the year horrendously. Uh, I I was on it regularly about Panthers saying they just put five or six weeks together, Cocksmith, and they'll be in the eight. Parramatta are in that category. It's three games. I'm not I'm not overly concerned about their top eight chances. Top four, absolutely. That's a massive blow when you lose those yeah. three because yeah. you are going to lose X amount of games the rest of the season. But mm. I don't have a huge concern over Parramatta, even if they... Got knocked over by the Tigers this week. Uh, I think they'll beat um, the Tigers. But, yeah, Parramatta uh, very much holding up the end of the table. There was a team above them, though, and they didn't quite have the same 
how do we say, expectations as the Eels, but the Canberra Raiders. I saw an article, I got forwarded an article today from Telegraph or Fox Sports or something, and it was the person writing it was just hammering Ricky Stewart, hammering the Raiders, oh, it's a cultural thing, blah, 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 blah. They've lost three games in the last minute <laughs> of the last three. Yeah, but I, I don't think it's that, Walter. I think it's I think it's how many games last year they lost by a very small no, small not, margin. They, they know how to lose a game at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, the converse was that they learned how to win games in 2016. And I, hmm. I guess what I'm saying is it's not all doom and gloom. It's not good. I'm well, not, it's not good, not mate. Zero and three good. is not good. But I would much prefer to be on the verge of winning matches than not looking likely at all. Well, they're close. But the, 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 here's the problem, though, is, is that they keep losing them. Um, so, you know, they can get to within a B's every week. and But if they keep losing them... That's no good. I mean, they they don't look terribly fit. Um, they don't look like they want to really get into a grind with a team. Um, and and that's my that's my issue. I don't want to see them do that. But you want the, to see them win, right? I I want to see them play some football. But don't you want I to see them win? Do you, would you be happy to see them play football every week and lose? Yes, hundred percent. Wow. Because you do not win a competition wow. if you haven't got a good a team that can play football as far as I'm concerned. Unless you've got Messrs. Smith, Cronk and Slater in the middle of your spine every single well, nobody's week. got them. Not anymore. Uh, but my, my issue with Canberra is that they've got two or three glaring weaknesses defensively. And also... Name uh, names, was Name names. Uh, you do on Twitter, so you mate, may as well. The, the, the edges cannot tackle. Who? Name names. The left edge and the right edge. So Lalua and Croker, you don't like either of those as... As I didn't say I didn't like them. I just said they can't tackle. Mm. Um, my issue is that the year of 2016, all right, I said this to you directly. I've yeah. spoken about it on the show before. Yeah. Josh Papali and Elliot Whitehead played out of their skins defending the edges for Caesar and uh, Blake Austin and then um, Croker and Lalua, okay? Mm-hmm. And one of the great things about that year for Canberra was that they played such attacking football that other teams were always on the back foot in regards to those edges, okay? Yeah. Now, it's the opposite. I don't understand the Sam Williams decision. I think he is a good football player, but I don't think he's a better player than Caesar is or Caesar is capable of being. Mm. I think they've gone backwards in that regard. I think Austin is complete and utter confidence player. I want to see him play better football. I don't think, uh, I don't think you're going to see much more of him in a Canberra jersey. And that's my concern. I, I just he's, he, he's going to be an eel, mate. I, he'll disappear, and you know my my worry is, what else does Canberra have? Well, can I ask you this? Was yeah. as a I know you I, I know no, you're no. you are a died in the wool Raiders fan. Oh, Do I'm, you want to see Ricky Stewart go or stay? Stick around, please. That's not even a question. No, you want him Ricky to stay. Stewart, Ricky Stewart's coach for as long as he wants to be. You give me a better option, and I'll consider it. But there's there's not a lot of better options out there. Oh, well, I don't know, I, mate. I don't know about that. There there are there are three first grade coaches that I can think of that are out of a job at the moment. Um, all which are oh, maybe not all which, are, but I mean at least two of them have won more premierships than Ricky. Um, so I don't know. I, I I I'm not trying to I'm not trying to get Ricky out of a job or anything because we love him. We love him here, at not the footy show. Um, but that's called backtracking, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah. um, 
No, but I, I don't know, mate. I, I don't think he's got the. I don't think he's got a mortgage on the coach's position, and and I think if they don't perform this year, he's gone. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I am one of the more objective fans of a team that you'll meet, and I just don't think that he is the ultimate problem here. Uh, well, t- well, tell me, tell me, in your opinion, let's just delve a little bit deeper. Yeah. What's the ultimate problem? Other, they're not fit, right? There's a couple of blokes that are too big. They aren't fit. That they're not playing a brand of football that is likely to win them a game. You know, they're close on the scoreboard, but it's mate. When I watched them the well, other, uh, I was at the game. Hold on, hold on. I, I was at the game the other day. Yeah. Those last three sets of six that they defended were abominable. They ran yeah. seventy and eighty meters to get to a to get to a field goal. I mean, they could not defend the lead they had, the seven point lead they had, um, and they, they mate. They just sorry, it was a six point lead. Um, what what do you, what you know? There's something wrong with the way that they're they're playing the game. Therefore, to me, it tells me there's something wrong with the way they're being coached. Okay. Here, my my main question to you the other day, I don't think I got a response, but I'm just mm. wondering. Yeah. When when Kotrick scored that try to go 19-12, was it or nineteen six up? Yeah. How did Cam did Canberra try and extend their lead after that? No, they shut up shop. Now, as much as I think that is on coach, yes, it's also on players. Well, yeah, but I mean, if it's on players, mate, here's the thing. If it's just on players, why isn't Ricky sacking people? Oh, mate. Three weeks in a row. Here's here's what I'm talking about. You take your best player out of your team, and that's an issue. Hodgson is like, yeah, definitely. Canberra's best player. And definitely it's costing them this year, but go on. The player that they should be playing. Just based on what I've seen, I can't say I'm training and all the rest of it. But Craig Garvey is a footy player. Um, I don't understand why he's not playing. But anyway, Havili's not bad either. I mean, he's not bad. He scored a try day, the other day pretty well. There isn't the competition for spots that there were two years ago. Mm. And the other thing that I, I mean, look, I'll, I'll second guess Stewart's interchange policy. Yeah, absolutely, I will. Doesn't mean I'm right, <laughs> but I don't know the fitness of players and all the rest of it. To your point. Mm. What struck, strikes me about Canberra is that that whole unit believed completely and utterly themselves in 2016 once they got on their roll. Yeah, they got knocked off in the in the last game of the season by, quite frankly, just a better team. They turned up the next year and thought, we'll be able to do that again. It never came good for Canberra in 2017. Now, the issue is that I don't think the players believe, and this is complete and utter tripe coming out of my mouth. I'm just going to preface that. I don't know if they believe they're good enough. And when you look at the team as a whole, yeah, that's a pretty good roster. But it's not as good as what it was in 2016. And two years is a long time. And a lot of those players are now looking for new contracts. And based on what we've seen, they're probably not going to get new ones. I mean, Caesar is on astronomical money, and he started the year playing off the bench as a hooker. Yeah. Now, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with if Stewart based it on last year's form as to whether he thought Sam Williams was a better option. I don't think Caesar's case in 2017 was strong enough to say that he's a walk-up start to that halfback spot. The same is true of Blake Austin. And when you don't have another option sitting in your club, other than Sam Williams, you end up with what you've got. And when you take Josh Hodgson out of the mix in that team, mate, I'm not surprised I'm looking at Canberra at 0-3. I'm actually somewhat, how do I put it, 
encourages it by five total points. Mm. It could be a lot worse. It it could be a whole lot worse. Who do they play this week? Was they got Manly, I believe. <laughs> and Manly coming off fifty four nil and in Manly that's at Manly. Mate, who knows? It's at, Again, it's I, at I will Manly. never. I will never pull. No, I mean, as in whether they win or not. I, I, I will never write a team off in the first month in terms of top eight because I think our competition's so Joe average in terms of the top end. But for that middle third, it's really like a middle four thirds or whatever. Mm. Um, you can get back in your, in your competition. But I, I don't know if we've we've delved into all the answers here, but I think Canberra aren't a very good football team. It'll take something special to get them back on board. But also... You know, when they've done that run that they did in 2016, I don't think it's out of the realms of the possibility that they could put a run on again. Well, and that's, here's two quick questions for you. Hours. Yep. Two quick questions was, everything that you've owned and worked for in your working life, if you had to back a team this weekend, Manly or Canberra, to win the game, who wins? Oh, Manly by about right. 40. Thanks. Um, the, next, <laughs> the next question is, and I did ask you this in a private conversation, but I'm going to air it again. Do you want to t- partake in the same bet that we had last year? That agreement. Dra- gentlemen's agreement. The, it wasn't really a bet. The Dragons will finish higher than the Raiders. <laughs> I'm still trying to pay off the mortgage I took out to uh, pay for your last meal, so I don't know about... Um, I think we waited till a bit later in the season, to be okay. fair. I think, I, I think if you recall... When we yeah. made that agreement, well, what I, it, waited, I waited till the dragon started to fall back into regular form. Yeah, thanks for that. Before I made that comment. Okay, um, well, why don't we make the agreement by, if, if we're going to do it, let's make it by round 10. Otherwise, no agreement. All right? All right. Fair mate. enough? Okay. Done, cool. done, done, done. Next topic. Two other bits Raiders of news. Two other, two other bits of news as we wrap up the, uh, the footy segment of the show. Uh, Manly, get done for salary cap breaches for some ridiculous amount over some ridiculous amount of time. It was like $1.5 million over five years. Everybody's shocked. Uh, what you shouldn't be shocked at, everybody, is the NRL decided to re- release that information today because of a little incident in South Africa in the last 48 hours. Classic media management by the NRL. Well done. Outstanding work. Uh, everyone's already forgotten about mailing getting done. They got $750,000 in fines. I believe 250000 of which is suspended. So it's a slap on the wrist. Two administrators are rubbed out of the game for a short period of time. I think it was nine months. Rooster CEO uh, as well. Is now the current Rooster CEO, mm. not current CEO. Mm. Uh, Bozo Fulton is in a heck of a lot of bother. Yeah. Uh, he refused to cooperate with uh, investigators, basically. He said, I don't have time for that. Yeah. Uh, so he will not be involved in running a club, I wouldn't imagine... No, he, he doesn't Again? care, mate. He's not he going to run the club. Uh, Bozo, that's fine. Um, and the key part of this whole Manly Salary Cap thing is that they have no competition point penalty whatsoever, which if you take back to Parramatta even a couple of years ago, um, I don't really understand because the magic figure is always a couple of hundred thousand. If you say 1.5 million over uh, five years, that equates to about $300,000 a year. So, hmm, interesting that this didn't incur any issues. And they went at pains to say that Trent Barrett wasn't implicated and the players, well, who cares? I, I, I actually <laughs> believe Trent Barrett was given a warning, wasn't he? Was he? Well, there yeah, you go. That's Trent Barrett was given a warning. Point being, I don't care if it's somebody before you that did it. <laughs> if this is the time you get caught, well, yeah. you're the club. 
you're not the coaching staff, you're not the playing staff, you're the club, mm. and you do the time for the sins of the father, as it were. Last point on news before we wrap up and go into a little bit of cricket talk here, not the footy show. Uh, women's competition, looks like it's going to get up. Um, and the teams that have nominated for sides, uh, applied for licences, sorry, the St. George Laura Dragons, the Brisbane Broncos, the Cronulla Sharks, New Zealand Warriors, uh, although they're the Warriors, I'm reading off a stupid press release again, South Sydney Rabbitohs and the Sydney Roosters. Yeah. Um, uh, they've applied for licences and we should know about the structure of the competition by the end of the week. Um, are your thoughts on this being... Remember, we had to submit by December and we're now in the end of March. Mm. Um, when are we going to see competition, Coxman? Oh, well, I think I think it's just because of the, the sheer numbers of it, mate. Six teams play each other twice, grand final on grand final day. That's what's going to happen. My opinion only. I don't have any inside news on that. I'm going to run with that. I would say that it'd be uh, 12 rounds. Show is recorded Monday night. It's Tuesday night now, and I'm editing. And the four teams in the Women's Rugby League will be the Broncos, the Warriors, the Dragons, and the Roosters. Sharky's not happy, Jan. More news as it comes to hand. Not on this show, but, you know, somewhere else. We will be back after the break to talk about uh, Sandpaper Gate, Yellow Sticky Tape, uh, whatever else you want to after the break or not the pretty show. Not the pretty show. Roper, Williams, and Lee, the Deadly Three, penetrate the secret chambers of an evil island empire. What do you know about Han? He lives like a king on that island, totally self-sufficient. A fortress without walls, protected by an invincible army that needs no ordinary weapons. This is Enter the Dragon. The first martial arts film produced by a major Hollywood studio. Okay, there is all the football talk for the moment. We will have feedback at the end of the show. Uh, we didn't really want to talk about Canberra for half an hour, but Coxsmith made uh, <laughs> The good news is I probably answered about 84 of the 85 questions we have from the WhatsApp group and Facebook, so uh, happy days. Speaking of non-happy days, mate, the Australian cricket team... Hmm. You've been alive a little bit longer than I have, but mm. essentially we've been following the team's very similar periods and yeah. we've experienced getting smashed by the um, West Indies when we were growing up, absolutely obliterated by them. We just weren't good enough. Then all of a sudden we, we started getting good. We dominated England. We dominated world cricket for 20-odd years. And we were... We, we First of all, we played great cricket, then we played hard cricket... And then we somehow we were just better than everybody else for a little while there. Then we came back crashing back to earth. We had a little bit of a surge again with Michael Clark and the World Cup. And then we had the Ashes this last summer, mate. And uh, the Australian team got put back on a pedestal. Mm. How good are we? We're amazing. Steve Smith, next Bradman, blah, 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 blah. Well, we've come up against an opponent that is better than us. And in the space of two or three weeks, the Australian cricket team, and I'm going to put that as a collective, from staff to players, has ultimately decided that if you can't beat them, cheat them. Is that the right way of saying it? Because yeah. we've decided to yeah. uh, ball tamper in a lunch break, go out there and, and see if we can move the ball as much as South Africa. Mm. I am rotten about this. And I'm just going to read you what Say I said. Say that again? Together. You're what? I'm rotten. I, okay. uh, it, I'm just going to read you what I wrote. Go on. 
I said, Australians want to win. I'm one of them. I get it. But seriously, if we didn't even get caught, each member of the team were willing to remember that they tried to win a series like this. The forebears of Australian cricket must be extremely proud. I loathe this reality. That was my reaction, Cocksmith. Mm. What's yours? I don't like cricket that much. You know that. Um, But, and I'm not saying that to be funny, um, it's not that I don't like cricket that much. It's just that I have come into contact with quite a few cricket players over the years. And the... Um, the early ones weren't too bad and there's a couple that I get along really well with still to this day because we do some corporate work together. Um, But the the Australian cricket team as a whole uh, are on the nose with, you know, I'm just not, I'm not a big fan. Um, I think, you know, the the whole Warner thing that that happened, the the sledging and whatnot, um, you know, we know that Warner is one of the biggest instigators of sledging. Yet, when you know a, a South African player steps across the line, or, or the imaginary line, as it may be, and says something about uh, Dave Warner's wife's colourful history, yep. um, then it, it's out of bounds. Can't do that. I'll take you on in the dressing rooms. I won't do it on the field because we know there's cameras out there. But I, oh, damn! I forgot there's a camera in the stairwell. So I'll carry on like a pork chop there. I just wish. I, I just kind of hope that. De Kock had have knocked him on the chin, to be honest with you. Yep. Um, but he didn't. Um, so then we get to this latest one, which, like you say, is um, is ball tampering, cheating, cheating. Uh, and it was hatched by Smith and Co. As he has admitted, the leadership group. Now he didn't say that he hatched the plan, but he did say the leadership group. Now he's the yep. captain of the team. Um, I. I hope that he falls for this. I think he will. I hope that he's never Australian captain again. I hope that he has a long time away from the Australian cricket team, if not forever. Um, he has shown total disregard for the, the the men in the past that have worn the baggy green hat. Yep. He has shown disregard for the Australian public. Um, and he has shown disregard for the position that he is given, which, as a lot of people will say, um, or a lot of traditionists will say, is only second to the Prime Minister in Australia. Uh, He hatched a plan to cheat. Um, You know, yeah, we we do a bit of sledging and and we do a little bit of uh, playing hard and we're boorish and whatnot, but we don't cheat. Um, That's something that we've always been able to hang our hat on. Um, there have been slight instances in the past of, of pitch reports and whatnot, but there's never been this straight up and down, pull the young fe- youngest fella in the team who's struggling a bit. Here, mate, here's a bit of uh, tape and get a, bit of, get a bit of grit and a bit of sand on that and we'll doctor the ball up. Disgusting. Disgusting. And I think whoever was involved in that hatching the plan, whoever stood around in their little circle and um, and spoke about it and agreed with it and didn't put their hand up and go, no, this is wrong, should be ousted. And they shouldn't be welcome back to play in the Australian cricket team. If we go out and have to lose test matches because the other bo- the other blokes aren't in the team, so be it. I just don't think that we should, we should um, cop that as a sporting nation, that we've got yep. blokes that are willing to undermine everything that, people have done in the past, the, the great Don Bradman and Alan Border and Tubby Taylor and uh, hundreds of others, um, they've basically destroyed a legacy, right? and, and I'm disgusted. 
can't add much more to that, everybody. It's just the bit that I struggled with out of the presser was that Steve Smith sat there and poor old Cam Bancroft, who is 25 years old. He's not 21 or 22. He's 25. He's played first-class cricket for a while. But I've played a decent level of cricket, and I can tell you that it is a... It's a cliche, but it's a take-no-prisoners kind of level, um, even where I was playing. All right, If you're weak, you get found out. You get ridiculed. You get et cetera, et cetera. Now... As a result, to reach the top level of cricket, and I'm going to generalise here, you find that there are fewer outstanding individuals than there are excellent athletes. Does that make sense to you? Does that, does that fit? Yeah. As a as a as a saying. Yeah. And you've got to be, you've got to have unbelievable ego in what you can do and, and how good you are. Australia found out that we are not better than South Africa after hearing all the press for the whole summer about you're the most amazing people in the world and all this kind of stuff. The saddest bit about this is that, A, Steve Smith didn't believe that on talent alone they could beat South Africa because he doesn't, he doesn't agree to do this unless he thinks otherwise. But he openly comes out in the press conference and basically says, oh, it's not going to happen again. As if by saying that, everything's going to be okay. And that is the height of the arrogance that is currently in sport, let alone just Australia, all right? Yeah, okay, we t- Australia tears down tall poppies like they're going out of fashion. But it also protects the greats of, of sports, like you wouldn't believe. There are stories running around about players in rugby league and other sports that you just you cringe at. But because they have reached the level of great, they are considered, what's the word, Cocksmith? They're, they're given a free reign. Steve Smith has just... He hasn't done enough. Basically, <laughs> yeah, what's he done? Like, he hasn't done enough to be... To be aff- are amazing. But he hasn't done enough to be afforded that. Yeah. And I just don't get why... And you, you said it, like, there's been some greats before who probably played the game in a spirit that we may not have loved, but that's how they decided to play it. But they didn't cheat. And yeah. to our understanding, they didn't cheat. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the example that I was in a meeting today with a bunch of people, different cross-sections, and it came up in that discussion. All right? and it was fascinating to hear how everybody has a viewpoint on this. But someone said, oh, there's nothing worse than, than cheating, using sandpaper on the ball. That's that's just as bad as it gets. And I just said, well, you know, a couple of summers ago, a guy called Shahid Afridi grabbed a ball in his hand and started chewing into it. Mm. And I said, oh, oh, that is worse. That is worse. Well, I don't care whether you're chewing it, you're sticky taping it, you're, I don't know, putting sugar on it. If you're deliberately trying to alter the state of the ball outside of what the rules allow you to do, you are basically going, stuff everybody else. All I want to do is um, what I think in this particular moment is going to win this game for me. Yeah. And my worry is we create these monsters in our, in our teams because of the way we treat them. And I feel sorry not for... And I don't, I'll tell you this right now. I don't feel sorry for anybody in that cricket team. 
No, or great start because if you play cricket and something like that starts happening, you don't, you don't miss it. You don't sit there, oh, I'm at fine leg, I didn't know what was going on. Please, it's mm. ridiculous. You saw Lehman on the walkie-talkie. You saw Hanscom have to take the message out there. You saw his reaction when he heard the message from the walkie-talkie. Yeah, he's got to go too, by the way. I just don't get why this was deemed worth it. Well, the series was... Uh, I, 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 I'm yeah. just... Look, my, 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 my take on it, mate, is you don't do anything to a ball or to any equipment that you wouldn't do right in front of an umpire. Right? Yep. You don't do it. If you, if you know that you need to hide something, you know you're doing something wrong. Right? For instance, mate, this afternoon, uh, my, my son, 11 years old, nearly 11 years old, got home and said, Dad, Dad, did you hear about what um, the Australian cricket captain did to the ball? And I said... Yeah, mate, yeah, I heard. And he goes, what does, what does it actually do to the ball if you do that? And I said, oh, well, it makes it makes the ball swing in the air. He goes, oh, really? He goes, can we go and get a ball and you can show me? <laughs> so, I mean, kids are talking about what it does. Uh, I mean, they're, they're rightly or wrongly, they're not saying that it's a terrible thing to do. They're trying to figure out why these guys were doing that. Possibly so in their own minds, they can figure out how to do it as well. And I, you know, I mean, these these are the guys that are, are setting examples for our children. And um, uh, I hope that I, I pray that the Australian Cricket Board make an example of them um, to show the kids out there that may be thinking about, you know, could I do this to a ball? Show them this is what happens if you do that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, I think there's only one thing worse, Warwick, than what Steve Smith and Co did, and that's what. Um, some other players have been guilty of in the past, which is throwing games because of betting. Yep. That's probably the pinnacle, but um, only a short short distance below that pinnacle is ball tampering or pitch tampering or trying to cheat in a game. It's not it's not cool. It's not not. And, all. The, and the final point on this to, to round up what you've said then, the fact that they thought of doing it and then did it, knowing that there is. I don't understand how they thought they would get away with it. That's the that's the bit that just that I can't get my head around. This this isn't a county um, cricket game with twenty people there. This is a test uh, match with probably and, and thirty cameras on them. The broadcaster was onto them before, like in three, like the whole incident where Bancroft put the things down his pants. All right, oh, and even the bit where he was on the he was doing it to the ball. Yeah, they're onto him. Yeah, like. Yeah. Does it anyway. make you wonder at all, Warwick? Does it make you wonder why I, I read something um, on Twitter, uh, and it was obviously sarcasm, but it was also you know kind of rolling the eyes, tongue in cheek. Why, when Davy Warner is um, fielding, he wears so much tape on his hands? Mm-hmm. Kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it? Mm, a lot of yeah. things, and as you said, the spoonful of sugar incident from the SCG yeah. test. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, that's that's our views. I mean, we obviously talk about footy, but. Uh, we obviously keep a track of other things, and we just got asked a couple, a couple people to put our two cents in. Mm. It's nothing new. You would have heard it in the last twenty-four hours, but um, we will get to the uh, feedback segment right after the break. Here on the Free Show. Not the Free Show. Do you reckon next week we can delve into the um, dirty politics of croquet? Okay, wrapping up. Prize music. Click. There it goes. Uh, we have a bunch of questions. We've probably answered majority of them, Cocksmith, in mm. our discussions already. But yep. shout out to Troy Schroeder, who basically posted on Facebook, what is wrong with the Raiders? He's not surprised they lost. 
by uh, after leading by seven with three minutes left. He knew it was going to happen. Hmm. And he's just basically saying, bunch of pea hearts. Well, at the moment, Troy, we cannot disagree with you. Yeah. Uh, in the WhatsApp group, uh, which is the greatest place on earth, uh, Cocksmith, you had been missed your interaction of late. Um, I know, mate. I, 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 I want to get involved again. It's just that if I leave the WhatsApp group for two or three days and come back, there's 600 messages. And I'm like, geez, I'm not going to go just, through Just a few. Uh, just to answer the question that I got asked earlier today, uh, that's the reason that I tagged uh, Robin directly on this uh, post so he would answer it. Yeah. Essentially, what we've been asked is, um, uh, Nico asks you know, a follow-up to our Australian cricket team tra- uh, chat. He says, uh, as the Australian cricket team has a new philosophical approach to winning, i.e. cheating, is Paul Gallon a chance of uh, being selected to wear the baggy green? Oh. Wow. Yeah. Uh, next question from Glenn. He asked, why is Gareth Widdett being considered for New South Wales number six, Cockman? Uh Because he's a dragon and I like him and um, I just tossed it up. Solid enough reason. Actually, the interesting element of that is that Nathan Cleary does his MCL. He's out uh, for 10 weeks. Uh, yeah. This is not time to talk about New South Wales origin as much as you would love it. Well, something to ponder for the next episode, I think. It, I think it is, but just let me quickly say this. I did see the, a little bit of the Sunday footy show before I went and shot the Roosters um, Knights game, and Freddie was asked on the Sunday footy show how many games he would need to see Cleary play before he would be confident in choosing him. And he didn't really give an answer, but he said he would definitely need to see him playing, you know, two, three weeks before that mm. so uh, if he's out for the full 10 weeks he won't play Origin this year if he can come back within six um, which is the minimum kind of thing then there is a chance of him impressing well, you, you say not this year I would say not game one that's probably more realistic well what? not game one but if New South Wales wins game one then not this year mm. <laughs> sorry you just said New South Wales will win game one. <laughs> uh, we've also been asked what happened to our UK Super League correspondent. Um, well, Lamb Shanks McGee. We have someone who goes to the uh, London Broncos every week. Uh, I asked him, I said, mate, can you put together like a 30-second, like, you know, rap? You can, you can make it as um, stupid or serious or whatever it is as you'd like, and people yeah. will just love to hear from Lamb Shanks McGee, yeah. simply because I just like the name I've made up for him. I like it. Um, but so far, squadoosh. Yeah. Uh, next question comes from... Before, hold on. Before you go any further, can I just... Seeing as you brought up English Super League, I know you're on a roll. My mate, a, a mate of mine who played in the English Super League, told me the other night about a, a, a thing that the referees do over there. And I don't know if you know this, and I didn't know it, but um, apparently when a team is starting to... Um, uh, bend the rules as far as um, holding down other t- other players and stuff like that. The referees do this special little signal. Um, they wave their arm in a certain way, which means one more penalty in that vein, and that person will go. It's like a, a warning, a pre a precursor to the sin bin. Have you heard of this? No, I have not. Yeah, well, it's like a a little thing they do. It's almost like um, a Pete Townsend windmill. Um, on the guitar, you know, like waving his arm around like a windmill, um, which means the next person, within, if anyone does this again in the next, you know, two minutes or whatever, they will go to the bin. So it's kind of, it, I kind of liked it. it, it just Can you t- see what I'm doing right now, Cocksmith? Uh, mate, put it away. I'm Heli- waving, waving my arm. If you mention South Wales Origin again, you are getting put in the sin. Okay, go on. Sorry, next question. Right, uh, last question comes from VC slash Nico, and that is, should the NRL introduce a trophy? 
for the team leading the competition at the end of each month, so the Dragons have a chance of winning something. Boom, Tish! Oh, turn it up. Beautiful. What's going and, on with uh, that? The best thing about that was that Brendan Clark posted that on our uh, Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash podcast. And his mum got on there and said, Dad's laughing, bet Phil isn't. Ah. <laughs> Funny. Funny. Funny stuff. Yep. Garden names, cracking jokes. Go on. <laughs> I think that's all the questions we <laughs> have joking, right basically. now. Uh, there's the episode. I think that's 184 done, Dusted. We didn't get to one other topic, which we will cover off. I'm sure it'll be around next week, and that's the Denver Test match. Is it happening? Is it not happening? Well, uh, the topic may not be around next week, mate. So, um, but I think it's. Uh, I think we I think. Well, I think we leave in suspenders. Okay, pocket, cool. Yeah, leave them in suspenders. suspenders. Get our views next week. That's the way. Decide to actually podcast. Sweet the show is supposed to be half an hour. It's going to be at least forty-five minutes. Apologies, but you know you throw in Cocksmith not letting me just sort of scoot around the Canberra Raider issue. Um, throw in the Australian cricket team and the Dragons uh, being March premieres yet again, and mm. you get the show that you got. I'm at NRL Tweet on Twitter. You can get us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NRL Podcast. Where can people find you, Cox? Mate, best place is Instagram, at Rob Cox, Rob with two Bs, R-O-B-B-C-O-X. That's where you'll find me. And is there anything else you want to plug in this you know, next 30 seconds as I look to see if we actually had any uh, Facebook ratings, uh, iTunes ratings? Um, <laughs> well, you know, look, I'm, I'm selling Tupperware these days. I'm driving trucks. I'm, uh, I've got a pottery uh, business going as well, not pot, mm. pottery. Um, and I'll even, you know, uh, change tyres for you. I'll do anything. Um, so, you know, lots of different businesses. An entrepreneur I am these days, mate. Oh, indeed. I'm still not there. Any so feedback? Oh, um, mate, what else? Um, I've got nothing else. I'm absolutely. I've got. I'm, I'm Mal Meninga on his um, political uh, political uh, career. I've got nothing. In that case, see yourself out. Uh, we have about three new ratings since the season started. Oh, um, yes. No one's written a single thing that has given us five stars. So I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> Great. Great. They actually haven't written anything. So if you'd like to write something that we could have, you know, filled that last thirty seconds where you found out that. Um, Foxsmith likes making gnomes, mm-hmm. um, shaped in the image of uh, BC, BC, much like that Elaine mannequin from Seinfeld. Yep. Uh, you can drop us a line just on iTunes uh, and look up. You obviously listen to the show, so you can find it pretty easily. Uh, that's the show. It's episode 184. I've been working also, and that's been Rob Cox. Uh, he gets to go and watch TV. I get to sit here and edit the episode for an hour. Mm-hmm. So happy birthday to me. Pleasure as always, Cocksmith. Any last words before we disappear? See you, mate. Pretty good last word. We'll talk to you next time on Not The Pretty Show. Not The Pretty Show. You don't need to put that in the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) There's something, I don't know if it's your mic or something, every now and then there's just a little, this tiny little click. Um, It's not, you'll hear it now that, you'll hear it now that I've told you about it, but there's just, and I don't know if it's my headphones or whatever, because I'm not wearing my normal headphones. But constantly, it's just when you talk. Pepsi.